Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. In this how-to and identity episode, you will learn all about the Waymaker, his role, and how you can cooperate with what he's doing to protect and navigate your kingdom destiny. Nigerian gospel artist Sanak wrote and released the song Waymaker in 2015, popularizing this name of God. Since then, this song has been released to many artists and translated into more than 50 languages. The lyric video of this song is below on the pattyej.podbean.com site for this episode. Who is the Waymaker? There are verses in the Bible that show us that all three members of the Trinity show up as the Waymaker. Jesus declared himself as the way in John 14, 6. Jesus said to them, I am the only way to God and the real truth and the real life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Isaiah shows us how the Father is working on your behalf behind the scenes in Isaiah 45, 15. Clearly you are a God who works behind the scenes, God of Israel, Savior, God. And part of the indwelling Holy Spirit's job is to lead you. Notice here that we have to cooperate with that guidance in Romans 8.24. For all those who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Each part of the Trinity has a role to play as the Waymaker. Let's take a moment to clarify his purpose. Well, the enemy's sole purpose is to rob you of your destiny. Everything that Satan does is aimed at that goal. The Waymaker's purpose is the exact opposite. His purpose is to ensure the complete execution of his kingdom plan, and every spirit-born believer has a divine destiny as part of that kingdom plan. Not everybody will cooperate with that. However, this is the reason why people like Billy Graham had to be trusted with tens of thousands of souls, because many will not pick up their mantles and serve God according to the plans he has for them. It's not too late, though, for you to rise to this challenge. Philippians 1.6 says, I am convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the time of his return. The Lord will accomplish every word he promised in the Bible, whether people in the body of Christ cooperate with it or not. If you are not willing to do your part, he will find someone else to do it and step in. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 says, For as the rain and snow come down from the heavens and do not return there without watering the earth, making it bear and sprout, providing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, useless, or without result, without accomplishing what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. The Lord provides two different types of guidance when he's showing you the way. Sometimes he shows you the direction to go, the what to do, and other times he's showing you the method or the how he wants it accomplished. Both are important. Listening for God's voice for specific directional guidance is critical to know the way to go. Let's look at a story in the Bible where we can see the Holy Spirit directing Paul and his camp in Acts 16, 6-9. Now they passed through the territory of Phrygia and Galatia after being forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in the west coast province of Asia Minor. And after they came to Mysia, 
They tried to go on to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not permit them. So passing by Mesia, they went down to Troos. Then a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and a man from the Roman province of Macedonia was standing and pleading with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. That was an example of God giving specific direction in a dream. A wonderful example of when the Lord wants to show you how or the actual way is when he gave crystal clear instructions to Bezalel and Aholiab, skilled craftsmen in all the arts for the specific creative instructions for how to build every furnishings of the holy tent in the time of Moses. See all of Exodus 31 through 36. These men received detailed instructions down to the exact measurements of what the Lord wanted them to make. And God still works in this way, too. I like to call them downloads. It's where you get a very clear picture, information, what to say, do, write, or create directly from God. This is how Christian artists receive their lyrics, melodies, how writers receive their words, painters their pictures or patterns, and scientists their amazing discoveries. You can tell the anointed work by how it makes you feel when you experience it. You know that it didn't come from you, and it came spontaneously and yet super clearly. Another curiosity is to pay attention to when God shows up. One thing to understand about God's timing is that it's much more comprehensive and strategic than you can wrap your head around. We must remember that we are operating as part of a grand kingdom plan. Imagine that you are one puzzle piece in a billion-piece puzzle. You are linked to many other pieces, but are not privy to the greater percentage of other puzzle pieces that might affect you or be surrounded by you. For the timing to be perfect... The Waymaker is juggling the timing of an untold number of factors. While considering the factors you may be aware of, know that there are many, many more factors that you are unaware of causing delays. Let's take a look at the book of Daniel for a factor that caused a delay that we would never think about. This is a conversation Daniel had with an angel in Daniel 10, 4 through 17. On the 24th day of the first month, I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris. I looked up and to my surprise, I saw a man dressed in linen with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body was hard and glistening as if sculpted from a precious stone. His face radiant, his eyes bright and penetrating like torches, his arms and feet glistening like polished bronze, and his voice, deep and resonant, sounded like a huge choir of voices. I, Daniel, was the only one to see this. The men who were with me, although they didn't see it, were overcome with fear and ran off and hid, fearing the worst. Left alone after the appearance, abandoned by my friends, I went weak in the knees and the blood drained from my face. I heard his voice, and at the sound of it, I fainted, fell flat on the ground, face in the dirt. A hand touched me and pulled me up to my hands and knees. Daniel, he said, man of quality, listen carefully to my message and get up on your feet. Stand at attention. 
I've been sent to bring you news. When he said this, I stood up, but I was still shaking. Relax, Daniel, he continued. Don't be afraid. From the moment you decided to humble yourself to receive understanding, your prayer was heard, and I set out to come to you. But I was waylaid by the angel prince of the kingdom of Persia and was delayed for a good three weeks. But then Michael, one of the chief angel princes, intervened to help me. I left him there with the prince of the kingdom of Persia, and now I'm here to help you understand what will eventually happen to your people. The vision has to do with what is ahead. While he was saying this, I looked at the ground and said nothing. Then I was surprised by something like a human hand that touched my lips. I opened my mouth and started talking to the messenger. When I saw you, master, I was terror-stricken. My knees turned to water. I couldn't move. How can I, a lowly servant, speak to you, my master? I'm paralyzed. I can hardly breathe. From the moment that Daniel prayed, the angel was dispatched to bring him a message, but he was delayed. This angel needed the assistance of the archangel Michael to be able to accomplish his mission. There are spiritual factors at play that can cause timing delays in all of our callings. It's so important to note that spiritual battles are happening with angels and demons related to your destiny and your assignments all the time. So there may be unseen factors in the heavenly spiritual factors that cause timing delays. Let's spend some time now talking about how to see the Waymaker What is he doing in your past? What is he doing in your future? And what is he doing in your present? We'll look at each one at a time. Let's look at the past first. I was a shy BC student for my entire pre-college academic life. I did not connect well with the left-brained academic expectations of learning by rote memorization. It was not how the Lord had wired me to succeed, and it affected my self-esteem related to thinking of myself as not very smart. I was a dance major at Ohio University, but only for one semester. I took a required class on interpersonal communication that was experientially designed. To learn about nonverbal communication, for example, we were sent to the mall dressed normally for a while, and then again in rags, and then one more time as a hippie. We were to record people's reactions to us based on entirely how we were dressed. We also did an experience related to space crashing where we sat just a little too close to people or grabbed items right out of their hands to observe their reactions. This is the reason that I remember this class because I experienced it and I learned so much by what I experienced. I ate up experiential education, and I really started to do very well in school. When it came time for me to go back for my master's, I went to a program at American University in Washington, D.C. This program was practical and experience-based. It was only one of three such programs in the field at the time in the nation. One long weekend a month for two years. I would drive to Washington, D.C., and we would practice the models and tools that we read about in our homework for that weekend. We would experience them together in teams and learn how to design experiences that move people forward. Then I would go home and I would write papers about the experience, read the materials for the next month's class, and do it all over again. This experience reinforced for me that experience was the best way that God teaches and works through me. Imagine my delight when I discovered Christian Leadership University 
and that its foundational principle was to learn how to hear God's voice so that he could be your one-on-one life instructor using the very same skills that I'm teaching you in the books and in this podcast series. So in my past, the Lord actually wired me in my educational process to be able to do what I'm doing with you and for you right now. But I have another story about how God protected my future in the past. I only recently discovered this connection, and it's so interesting how hindsight is 2020. My only childhood connection with Robin was that when we were children, probably around the age of eight, my mother was a realtor and she brought me to Robin's house while she discussed listing their house with her parents. The only thing I remember about that encounter was that Robin taught me how to blow a spit bubble off the end of my tongue. Robin and I did not hang out with the same kids in high school, but at the 40th high school reunion, I walked up to her to share my spit bubble memory. She asked me where I attended college, and I told her Ohio University for all four years. My response seriously surprised her. Robin had arrived at Ohio University and learned that I was supposed to be her roommate. I arrived at Ohio University and the housing people were perplexed because they had a record that housing payment was made but no actual assignment for housing for me. They placed me in temporary housing with Valerie, who had decided late to attend the university. Valerie and I became best friends and stayed together a month or so in temporary housing until we moved to another dorm across campus. The boyfriend that I've shared about connected to my story of salvation and my heartbreak was introduced to me by Valerie. My connection with Valerie led to my salvation story. Meanwhile, Robin was waiting for me to arrive in the room and went through some stages of hurt, anger, and eventually acceptance. She shared that she constantly looked for me on campus and wondered why I never showed up to be at her room, initially to tell me off and then just to want to know why I didn't want a room with her. She shared that she held some pain in her heart from that rejection and was glad to hear the real story. The strangest thing about needing to wait 40 years to learn that the Waymaker was directing my life in that season was that her closest friend lived in the same dorm where Valerie and I had lived our second year on campus. She was even on the other wing of the same floor. Robin spent all of her time there, yet we never crossed paths. I used to see her friend quite a lot in the hallway or the bathroom. The Waymaker was charting my path without me even knowing it before I even said yes to the gift of salvation. Have you ever had an experience like that that made no sense until many years later and then you can see the finger of God on it? Now let's look at a story about how the Waymaker navigates your future. God goes into your future and prepares your connecting pieces of the kingdom puzzle plan for you before you even get there. I had been working at Parmadale Catholic Charities for nearly a decade. I loved the many hats that I wore as the director of Training Institute and the director of organization development for Catholic Charities in Cleveland. We were pulling together eight counties of service into one cradle-to-grave system of services. It was challenging work and we were making such a difference. I pushed aside the feelings that I had from God that he wanted me to leave that job and go out on my own as an independent consultant. For about six months, I just ignored God's prompting. 
I had already been there and done that. I had been an independent consultant before I got the job, and I wasn't into having to market all the time. Marketing as a consultant was brutal. At the end of 1999, I simply could not shake the calling anymore, and I left that cushy job and set out on my own. It was only a few weeks later that Lisa, a colleague of mine from the Cuyahoga County Children's Service Department, and I wound up sitting next to each other at a lunch table at a conference. She was the new director of the Family and Children First Council. At that lunch table, the Lord opened a door for me to work with Lisa for 14 years. God was preparing me for that role while I was still at Parmadale and Catholic Charities and wound up having the opportunity to serve 35 more organizations and that served tens of thousands of people through a connection that God made at one lunch. Even small, seemingly insignificant conversations that you may have with somebody could have a deeper impact than you're even aware of. The Lord sees it all and he knows it all. And I believe that we will not even know until we get to heaven or even until Judgment Day what our true impact has been. There's a film clip that's below at the pattyej.podbean.com site called Strangers that tells the story beautifully. It's about people in a coffee shop that don't even realize the connection that they have until the film clip traces it back to connections that were made years before that led to both of them. The Apostle Paul, for example, for his contribution of writing two-thirds of the New Testament and his life example is still racking up heavenly rewards for his legacy and kingdom impact. Now let's look at how the Waymaker shows up in the present. The word is filled with incredible stories of the Waymaker showing up in the lives of people, making a way where there seems to be no possible earthly way. Imagine being one of the Israelites being chased by Pharaoh's soldiers on horses and chariots while standing on the beach of the Red Sea. Then the Lord creates walls of water so more than two million people can walk across on dry ground. Then watching the water close over the soldiers after the last Israelite gets across. See Exodus 14, 1-30. In researching this event, I found some fascinating insights about this miracle. Knowing the location of the crossing, which is now known as the Sinai Peninsula, the eight-mile journey across the bottom of the sea would have had walls of water a thousand feet high. The amount of wind that would have required those walls to remain open for the two-thirds of a mile wide that it would have taken for all of them to cross would have been an unsurvivable tornado. Exodus 15.8 says, With the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The flowing waters stood up like a mound. The depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. To congeal is to thicken, to change from liquid to solid or to fix in place. So God either froze the water into 1,000 feet high walls or froze the water in time, rendering it stuck in place where God moved them until he was ready to release the water again. What an incredible miracle to have experienced for the Israelites in their present 
reality. When have you seen God show up in a miraculous way that you know had to be God? orchestrating something on your behalf, protecting you or directing you or guiding you. I know it's happened to me many, many times. Australian prophetess Lana Vowser had shared something uh, on her blog about the destiny rooms of heaven and how those rooms keep track of the stories that each of us are living in some way. And I can't remember much about what she shared in that prophetic message, but I remember pondering it and the Lord took me on an adventure to my destiny cave. I share this story here because it really exemplifies what the Waymaker's purpose is, I believe. So one day I asked Jesus to take me somewhere new. And like I said, I had been pondering what I had just read from Lana Bowser about destiny rooms when he when I asked him to do this. So that day I met Jesus in my special place as a child, and we walked through a path in the woods lined with vibrant flowers that opened to a stunning river and a great tree at its bank. The flowers were alive, and as Jesus passed, the flowers sang his praises. The river was flowing with multiple colors, like the rare ones in the Ultimate Crayon Collection, and others I don't think I'd ever seen before. The colors were all independently flowing together, but not mixing themselves up. Some were subtle, and others demanded notice, but the water was crystal clear, not like heavily painted colors, but fresh, crisp, and clean. Then we climbed up a huge mountain and walked through a path inside the mountain. There were dozens of cave tunnels, but Jesus knew exactly where he was going, and I followed him. We finished our journey by walking into a round cave room with high stone walls and one large table that seemed to be made from the trunk of a long base tree. It reminded me of a petrified wood sample that I saw in the Petrified Forest National Park in Arizona. There was a stone platform balcony, and Jesus and I went outside and sat there for a little while. There was a beautifully colored waterfall to the left, and the river below. There were cave balconies, just like the one we were sitting on, up and down what looked like miles high of gorge walls of the river of living water. We walked back inside the cave, and Jesus said, this is your destiny cave. It holds your past, present, and future possibilities that are written in the book of your life's destiny. Jesus and I walked up to the long table. There was a carved line down the center and then other lines coming off the main ones and others coming off of them. In my vision, it looked like something like veins and more veins. Then Jesus said, this is your destiny map. Touch it. When I touched the left side of the table, Moving pictures of my childhood filled the walls of my cave and all around. They were memories of things in my life. When I touched farther up and to the right, the walls were filled with scenes of things that had not yet happened, but were there. I saw a much older me with gray hair speaking on a platform to an untold number of people, and there were other scenes of people reading my books and healing miracles. Those are scenes of the plans I have for you, should you stay aligned to my will. It is a picture of the Jeremiah 29 plans I have for you. 
See what I have for you and then humble yourself and cooperate with it so that I can do it all through you. Wow, this is amazing, God. And then he said, I need you to carry the good news to the people I have for you to influence. He took me by the shoulders and he looked me right in the eyes. And he said, thank you for your willingness to serve for my sake and for the sakes of my sheep. Thank you for stewarding the gifts talents, and skills that I have developed in you for your unique purpose. Through the challenges and trials of your life, you didn't give up. Continue to remain faithful to me for each assignment I give you, and you will see these future glimpses come to pass. I am prepared to release unprecedented favor in this season for those who are willing to serve me with a pure heart. What looks impossible or does not make sense in the natural, will come to pass by my empowering spirit, not by my might or by my power, but by God's spirit, it was accomplished. I said, yes, and amen, Lord. There's a destiny cave or a destiny room for you too. can ask the Lord about that in our encountering time. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadala.com shop. And remember the code EJPOD to receive 10% off everything, even the stuff already on sale. And remember, they make great gifts too. Thank you for blessing me by your prayers and for being a listener to this podcast. If this is your first podcast experience with us, you may want to go back to the trailer episode and learn about the biblical foundation for dialogue journaling, our process for experiencing Jesus. This leads you through the first special place encounter with Jesus as a child. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus' presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in a special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. So after you've spent a little bit of time with Jesus in the special place, ask him to take you to your destiny room or destiny cave. And then in this space, you can ask him anything you need to to understand it. You may ask him to take you to a memory or a past moment so that you can understand what he was doing as a turning point in your life there, or to take you to your present situation so that you may explore options and the ways that he is being the waymaker, opening doors for you without your awareness. Or you could ask to see a glimpse of the future and ask him questions about what you would need to do to agree and align with that future. What step would you need to take to ensure that you're moving in the direction of that future impact that he has for you? Take all the time that you need and make sure you capture it all in your journal. I hope that was as enjoyable and enlightening for you as it's always been for me. And remember that this is a new place that you can add to your places that the Lord can take you. You can begin in the special place and go to the destiny room, or you can imagine yourself in the destiny room 
and just let the Lord take it from there. I have had many adventures that began in the Destiny Room, and the Lord can do the same for you. And I hope you will join us on this podcast adventure. Follow this podcast and forward it to others that you think may be blessed by it. And check out all the links below. They are designed to take you deeper. I thank God for you and bless you in Jesus' name.